What do you call that noise? So I'm Rachel. You're listening to the What Do You Call That Noise, the XTC podcast, and this is a special young generation takeover. Everyone in this episode is in their 20s and we're going to be talking about what a band formed in the 1970s means to us today. But before we introduce ourselves, we've been told to say that the XDC podcast is brought to you by the generous supporters on Patreon who include Pink Things, Humble Daisies and Knights in Shining Karma. Thank you in particular to the following Knights in Shining Karma. Uh, Murray Meikle, Liam Dugan, Leslie Gooch, Abby Parkinson, Liz Lynch, Simon Slatham, Karen Neal, Robert Lawler. Jamie Dunn, Helen Fay, Matt Anderson. Robert Graham, Dennis LeCourier, Michael Sutcliffe, Nigel Waller, Mark Reed, William Wilkstrom, and Terry Arnett. If you'd like to support the XTC podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash markfisher. And you can buy the XTC bumper book of fun and what do you call that noise at xtclimelight.com. What do you call that noise? All right, well, uh, I'm Rachel. I'm 26. I live in Spokane, Washington, USA. Um, been listening to XTC my whole life, pretty much. My dad was a huge fan. He um, he had a friend give him drums and wires on cassette tape, and he actually really hated it the first time he heard it. And I'm really thankful he gave it a second chance, because I don't know if I ever would have even heard of them had he not listened to it again and fell in love with it. So, And uh, my chosen song is Complicated Game. Hi, I'm Hugh. Uh, I'm from Powys in Mid Wales, and I've been listening to XTC for about six or seven years. Um, and yeah, they've just become a, a great big force for joy in my life, I would say. And uh, my my chosen song is Seagull Screaming, Kiss Her, Kiss Her. I'm from Southampton, England, and um, my mum likes to tell me that I've been listening to XTC since I was in the womb. So um, <laughs> my chosen song today is Sergeant Rock is going to help me. Oh, I'm 22 as well. Hi, my name is Miles. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm 26, well, 25 years old, and um, my chosen song is Train Running Low and Soul Cold. Like I'm 
Uh, hi, my name's Laura Wade. I'm from Edinburgh, Scotland, and uh, my song is Helicopter. Something I really like about XTC is like that I find that they build worlds with their songs. And it's something that I like about, I do like illustration and it's something that I like about animators or illustrators is that they build worlds that you can get lost in. And that's something that I think they do is like they make fully formed places with their songs. Unfortunately, so. half the time it's Swindon. Yeah. <laughs> What do you call that noise? Do we have other artistic types uh, with us? I do, I do music myself. Do you? Does anyone guitar? I play guitar. Any drawers? Any artists? I love drawing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I play the keyboard and I write songs and I also uh, write about music at the moment as well. Oh, nice. Keyboard, uh, awesome. So. Uh, I I do a lot of drawing, but um. And I love music, but I don't know anything about it technically. So if I'm speaking about it, I may get it very wrong. So apologies <laughs> in advance. I, I think you already talking about the world building. That's like probably a step further than most casual music listeners. So I think you'll probably be <laughs> fine. <clears throat> Thank you. You find that with most XTC fans, though, they seem to know what they're talking about um, mm -hmm. about music. Mm. Yeah, I would say XTC seem to attract more musicians than, than other bands. And there's a few bands like that, like I guess Steely Dan tend to attract a lot of musicians as well, or uh, 10TC, and they're all kind of literate, uh, quite progressive yeah. pop uh, musicians. Mm. So um, I think that's definitely a, a characteristic of an XTC fan quite often. Mm. They're art artistic yeah. in yeah, some It's kind way. of interesting why that is. I think it definitely takes a special type of person to really understand XTC. You know, your average music listener probably wouldn't really appreciate them, wouldn't appreciate the lyrics. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it really does take a, a, a different type of person to understand the music, not just mm -hmm. hear it. Mm -hmm. well, maybe we should talk about what, what if you were to introduce XTC to quote unquote your average listener, like maybe where would you start? Um, you probably wouldn't start with one of the more eccentric choices. Like, what would you throw at them? Be like, hey, this is a great, you know, this is catchy and great, and you'll probably like this. Where would you start? I think I personally probably tried to find one of the hits, I guess, just because they, you know, they appeal more to the masses. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, probably something like Nigel or Mayor of Simpleton. I mean, they're all great songs, but they're... Um, they're they're all more poppy too, in a sense, which I think that you know, average average listener would probably appreciate more than something like Complicated Game or Rhodes Girl the mm -hmm. Globe or Travels in Wait Nylon Nylon uh, What is it Nylon I think Nylon, nylon? like N Y L O N I thought it was Nylon but I'm is it wrong. Nylon. I, don't know. I feel like that's one of not the like not like the material differences <laughs> Oh yeah Nylon. Neilan, yeah. I think I usually I remember early on. I've only been familiar with the band for probably two years, and the first thing that I picked was Nonsuch, and I remember pretty much sticking to that album for the first month or so. Just usually I only 
if I have a physical of it, I'm more likely to listen to something. And I remember showing a friend, uh, Peter Pumpkinhead, and which is probably still my favorite XCC song. And um, they said it sounded like Bare Naked Ladies. And I said, and I said what? <laughs> what? So now I kind of hear it. I guess maybe it's just another example of uh, I can see that. that song specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But now thinking about, you know, the entirety of the XCC songbook, it's like Bare Naked Ladies is just not someone that you would compare to XCC mostly, but maybe that song, <laughs> Time and Place, I guess. Mm. I think Dear God's a good one as well, because it gets used in um, lots of um, movies and films and stuff. Like Andy said last night that he gets a request once a month um, for that song to yeah. be used. Uh, what is it? Uh, do you know what it's been used in recently? I feel like I never hear it in anything. Um, I think the last thing I heard it in was the first It movie. That's but I definitely heard oh, it they're using it in the first... Uh, yeah, only the, the guitar the, the at the beginning. One. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow, I completely missed that. That's funny. Part one, you're saying? Not, not part two, yeah, part yeah, one? Yeah, part one. Huh, okay. I'll have to go back and take a look at that. But just the guitar, huh? Just the acoustic uh, intro? Yeah, yeah. I was ready to start singing in the, in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out for that. That's funny. Interesting choice. I think um, I think quite often XCC do have a lot of songs which could have been hits mm-hmm. uh, and have that kind of real, uh, just something about them that's, you know, you keep on going back to it. It's kind of, you know, pop gold, I suppose. And um, so, so one I quite often show to people is Earn Enough For Us, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't think yeah. it was ever a single anywhere. Uh, but that's just a great song. I guess a bit Beatlesque in a way. Yeah. And um, just a great m- melody, uh, a great lyric uh, that anybody can really understand. Uh, so that's one. I think another one would be Respectable Street as well, because that really, I think anybody who plays music would understand just how much the band really grooves in that mm-hmm. song. Uh, not in a kind of funky way, but they really, uh, it's great. You know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's one as well, I would say, for, for, for me showing other people, but um, it hasn't always been successful. <laughs> I'm always surprised that Generals and Majors didn't do better um, in yeah. the dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd think so because they're on a bouncy castle in the video, and surely that's that's mm. as good as anything can get, yeah. really. So, but no. did it not do? I thought it was a I thought it was a minor charter for them, but not quite to the point. Yeah, it did okay. Like, yeah, I, th- I think it got into I think it got into the top twenty in oh, the UK, okay. yeah. uh, but it, it didn't do as well as say Nigel or right. Senses. Um, but really, they were at a, you know, in terms of being on top of the pops and all of that, they were at their sort of peak of that in the UK at the time. So, yeah, you would have expected maybe it'd be top yeah. 10, but I guess there was a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah, lot of kids were buying the, the jam. Certainly, anyway, certainly better instead. than, or it's more digestible than Senses. I guess it's pretty cool that Senses yeah. did as well as it did because that is a weird song. <laughs> yeah. For those of you from England, do most people know who XTC is? Because, I mean, here in the States, you could ask anyone, no one has any idea who they are, unless you're in a record shop, mm-hmm. and that's really it. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the age of the person that you're talking to. Yeah. Anybody who was sort of paying attention to um, things like Top of the Pops and stuff like that in, um, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, they probably do rem- remember them, especially if you say, oh, making plans for Nigel. But yeah. um, I'd say they are pretty niche even here. So Yeah. 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 I find that surprising. I don't know why. I, I guess, I guess being American, I just assume maybe i'm being ignorant but i assume that most most english people know who they are and i don't know i mean you you walk into a record shop here and you can have a conversation with the guy behind the counter but you know 
I have asked so many people and they, they don't even know Nigel. It's sad. Mm. <laughs> I wish more people, yeah. more people would pay attention. <laughs> I guess XTC didn't play the game quite as much, obviously, when they stopped touring and all of that. Like yeah. Squeeze were contemporaries of XTC, but everybody knows Squeeze in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess they, they still tour all the time. They still do those kind of family festivals. Yeah. So I guess that's a big element of it. But um, but yeah, I think you have to be at least maybe 45, 50 and remember them in their pomp, really, to, uh, to yeah. know who they are. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to a band, a young band, who I, I saw them at a gig and they're quite a successful band. I won't name them. Uh, but I thought, oh, maybe they're into XTC. There's some interesting structures going on. So I spoke to the lead singer afterwards and said, hey, you into XTC? And he went... Oh, XTC, I know them. They burned uh, a million quid. Now, he's talking about the KLF. They burned a million pounds. Um, yeah, he had no, no idea who XTC yeah. were. So that was quite that was quite disheartening. Yeah, he tried. <laughs> I yeah, I used to live in Manchester and um I don't I was already like quite into XTC at the time. Um it was sort of my ex-boyfriend who got me into them, but like uh there was a band, there was this guy. Um, called Liv that I befriended and we used to go to the same bar and he was in like quite a good band called Duds they were on Mark Rayleigh in session and he used to play me like loads of XTC songs that I'd never heard but they are clearly influenced by them and they're really good and I think there's been a big like post-punk revival in the UK mm-hmm. at least, well and America and like they've definitely seen some influence of XTC among young people I just find it hard to find them but I do know a few Right. In right. in the UK. Yeah. Um I also think I also like Metronomy as well as a band that I've like some of the keyboards and that I've noticed is a bit like um uh Statue of Liberty and stuff. Oh interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of that rickety um organ, all the ways you're not supposed to play the organ type style. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a kind of name for that. Somebody, I think some radio DJ calls it Zolo or oh, Zolo. Right. Uh, so music which sounds really kind of quirky and often it's post-punk. So like your split ends and your cardiacs and your Devo. And yeah, yeah. early XTC is Zolo. I never really got that. Zolo. Zolo. <laughs> Zolo, yeah. I've heard that thrown at Oingo Boingo yeah. too. Yeah, Oingo Boingo. Yeah, that's quite cool. yeah. yeah, totally. Zolo. What an arbitrary yeah. term. <laughs> it is a bit, isn't it? Uh, what was I just going to bring up? I thought we could dig more into how we... Well, it sounds like uh, there are some discoveries here and then there are some just always hearing it as you've grown up here. Um, but my, mm-hmm. I was certainly a discovery. I was a, it was a random Goodwill pickup two years ago um, when I found the non-such CD in a, in a Goodwill. And I, I think the it was a mixture of the... I, I don't even know did I hear XTC before I think I probably had the first thought that a lot of people did of like oh is it a drug reference or whatever which at this point is like an annoying reaction that I get when I talk about them but I guess I had the same reaction and the uh, and the art for it especially how all the songs are laid out on the back of Nonsuch which I really like mm-hmm. each drawing has a picture and I'm like oh my gosh there are 17 of these <laughs> I was like, well, okay i gotta get it um and i and it just so happened to be that i was working on a shakespeare at the time because i 
I've done, you know, theater and music, mostly music now, but theater and music. And, you know, there are multiple Shakespeare references on that album. So maybe that's another reason why it really resonated. But um, yeah, I just went from there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Loads of Shakespeare references. I didn't. Yeah, the most that. obvious one is like the Shakespeare sonnets, Leave Me Cold line on mm. my bird mm. performance. But maybe not, not just Shakespeare, but English theater in general. Um, with Dear Madam Barnum and the... It's almost a little bit like um, the Canterbury Tales, the pictures remind me of. Something. Yeah, that's probably what they're going for, right? And they had like the old uh, script where the U's look like V's. At least I think that's what they did on that. I have to go get my coffee. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really cool spot to come into the discography and then go in either direction from there. But... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I started on Nonsuch oh, yeah. as well. Well, I started on Drums and Wires and Nonsuch at the same time, which is almost the band at two totally different mm, ends, yeah. I guess, mm -hmm. from being a kind of punky little band to like a Beach Boys come Beach uh, Beatles group. Um, so yeah, that was a band. That was the album that got me into them as well. But it was through a girlfriend. I had a girlfriend when I was about sixteen, and her parents had brought her up on XTC. And I'd heard of her. I knew Nigel and Senses, mm -hmm. but I'd never gone any further than that. Mm -hmm. But she was like, you got to hear Helicopter <laughs> and all these kind of tunes. I'd like that. And so, um, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I was the same. Like, I just heard Nigel. Um, I think it was like on Spotify and I was just listening to music disposably, kind of into like Joy Division and stuff when I was young. Mm. And then my ex, like played their records on like a really good sound system really loud <laughs> and he would be like singing along really animatedly with like such passion uh -huh. and I was like wow I've like overlooked something that's really unique and good yeah and yeah. then you go back and listen and yeah. really good I guess exes can be good for something then yeah it's <laughs> funny definitely <laughs> definitely yeah I think um I know my dad burnt me a CD when I was probably five or six and had a lot of Britney Spears on it, had Junior's Farm, you know, it had some, uh, I think it might've had like a squeeze song mm -hmm. or two and then it had helicopter and I liked that. And I don't know what it was at six years old, but I don't know. They just really stood out. They're fun songs. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can understand, especially with helicopter, why any little kid would like that yeah. song. Yeah. The subject matter. And it's just so high energy. And so, yeah. I don't know, it's just ever since then, my sister and I both really took a liking, especially to Drums and Wires. Um, I don't know if oh, lovely. you can see this. Cool. But, uh, <laughs> my arm. <laughs> um, uh, for those listening, uh, Rachel has got a, a, a tattoo of the Drums and Wires. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. They, thank, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you say that. You can see it. It's upside down right now, oh, but it's yeah. there. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, their album art is another thing. I mean, every single cover is just so mm -hmm. unique and, you know, really stands out, I think, from yeah. a lot of other albums yeah. at the time. Especially oh, yeah, the there's some too. great single art. Yeah. I really want a book of all the artwork and I'd love to see more of Andy Partridge's, yeah, like, yeah. artwork because I, yeah, I really, really like it. And I've been, like, trying to do illustrations around music and I just want to see more of his work, but it's not really documented anywhere and I was gonna say to Hugh I don't know if you know them but like one of my favorite bands from uh Wales ever is Gorky Zygotic Monkey amazing band 
yeah, yeah. I live like I really love their artwork as well and that's the same oh yeah it's awesome um, yeah, where yeah. I can they, yeah. similar to XTC like they haven't tour, they've well they've disbanded and like haven't mm. made re- any reissues and like you can't find any of the art- artwork but it's amazing and like I really want to see all that stuff documented oh, yeah totally yeah and a bit like XTC they're kind of quirky yeah. and, and old fashioned in a kind of almost a pre popular music sort of way you know XTC have these music hall influences and uh, Gorky's of course singing Welsh and all sorts of things so yeah, yeah, yeah I think, I think there's similar. definitely comparisons yeah. there what band is this? Uh, they're a band from Wales called Gorky's Zygotic Monkey, who I think in the in the mid seventies, uh, the mid nineties, they had a couple of minor hits on the UK singles charts. I think Patio okay. song song was a, a hit, uh, but they're not particularly well known. Wow! But um, but they're a great band, really great band. I'll have to look them up. They have a similar kind of cult following. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a cult following, one hundred percent. And like pop, like good pop songs as well. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Better Rooms, that's a great tune. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to take away from XTC, but it's, <laughs> yeah, so, I draw similarities, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But, yeah, just the artworks, I'd really like to see them. Like, I'd really like to see more of mm. it as well. I agree with you that the artworks are amazing. Yeah, well, I, I think Andy has, he has an aversion to putting things out, um, and he has done since maybe 2000 or whatever, and he's he's mad talented at everything he does, but he's just doesn't quite want to put it out there and have people judge it, I suppose. And um, it's a shame, but it's it's you know, if that's the price we have to pay mm-hmm. for somebody who's a, a bit of a genius. Then well, I think it's he, okay. he just mind. wants to do if he is going to put anything out, it needs to be hundred percent on his terms, and I think he's yeah. earned that at this point. So I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, XTC gave us more great yeah. music than pretty much any band for for a longer right. time. So really, you know, if the rest of them just mm-hmm. want to put their feet up and have a cup of tea mm-hmm. now, that's totally fine. <laughs> so what do you think it's like to be into this music that's from a previous generation and isn't immediately as relatable to the? Well, I guess other people our age and because um, I think. On one hand, I think it's awesome because I get this entire career path laid out in front of me that I can dig through. And if I'm, if and it's so it's so varied. Some days I'm in the mood for a crazy song like Beat Town off Go To, and then some days I'm going to go for something more mature and chill off of Apple Venus. Um, So for me, that's a draw, but I don't know if you have any other pros and cons about, you know, getting this into a band that's already uh, had it had its day and called it called it quits. Well, I mean, it's good because it means you have excellent taste and <laughs> you can dip in and out of the timeline, yeah. as you said. But it also does kind of suck because it feels like I've spent my whole life trying to catch up with um, what everybody else already knows. Mm. But um, and. With, particularly with XTC, it does make you feel like you're in on a little bit of a secret because mm. they're not so universally instantly recognised, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Miles, that's a good point. Um, you know, it's like with the Beatles, you can take I Saw Her Standing There and then you can take Tomorrow Never Knows. Like two songs by the same band that sound like they could be from, you know, completely different generations, different genres, because completely different bands mm-hmm. altogether. 
And you have that with XTC Mm -hmm. and that's something really special. I don't think a lot of bands were able to accomplish that. Mm. And um, yeah, that's something really, really special about them that, I mean, I hold really important to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like, I feel like I have such a, it's, I I do make a, I have to make a conscious, like the easy part of engaging in music is hopping into all these older bands and then the conscious effort not as easy part is hopping into the new bands that are just figuring things out mm-hmm. and maybe because i know so much old stuff there are parts that are just sound a bit derivative or like oh yeah. i could you know i like this but i feel like you know, devo or something or talking heads did it better so I, i'm just going to go back to those yeah. mm-hmm. records yeah. again no i'm totally the same like with the kind of context of it being from a, a certain time, uh, there's a kind of safety there because I kind of I know a little bit about that time and this is what this sounded like then. Uh, and you can you can forgive a lot of things as well. You can forgive uh, somewhat overloaded production on say oranges and lemons because it's 1989 and it's it's peak college mm-hmm. radio, you know. Uh, but nowadays. Um, well, for a start, I don't think bands are given the kind of uh, patience mm. from yeah. record labels as, as they were in XTC's days. XTC's first two albums are great, and we all love them. But I think at the time, there was a lot to listen to. And, you know, if it was now, they'd probably be dropped after Go Too um, because it didn't it didn't have enough great hit singles and didn't probably didn't get quite right. enough acclaim yet. Um, but, yeah, no, I find it more difficult to listen to, to, to modern music. Uh, where there isn't a context and you don't know what's coming next. Um, I find it more difficult than older music. Maybe that's laziness. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, laziness. Um, mm, I don't know. I think once you've heard something, it's hard to unhear it, isn't it? So if, if they were, if, if they were brought up on like bands such as XTC and everything as well, like it would kind of make sense if some of it even subconsciously seeped through into their Right. Music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I I guess a decent example of that is I found Britpop bands like Blur way before I even knew about XTC and I was quite into them in like mm. college, really like Blur. And obviously Damon is still a huge figure in music doing gorillas and everything and that's influenced, gosh, I can't even imagine how many artists. So that's cool that you're able to like connect the dots back to today but then yeah there's um there's only a handful of uh i really like wolf alice i don't know if you know them well they're a british band so yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know how common uh no one talks about them over here but i don't know how commonplace they are they're they're on they're on bbc radio one over here they're big on the festival oh great okay Good. Well, hopefully they have new stuff coming out soon. So it's nice to be able to look forward to a few newer acts. Um, yeah. Mm. One of my favorite current bands were like are really young and they're but they were brought up exclusively on like the Beatles and the Beach Boys and that's like the Lemon Twigs. And uh, yeah, the, I heard pro- them. the production oh, yeah. <laughs> on them like is really good. Uh, I think it's Jonathan Rado did like the first album, but like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like just heavily. This just sounds like the seventies. That first album, which I really like. So yeah, but yeah. So and same with I really like a band called Girl Ray as well. But they kind of sound like the past. So mm. but they're like two of my favorite current bands. Mm. I like Girl Ray. I saw Girl yeah, Ray. Yeah, nice. they're really good. I've seen them. Yeah. I yeah. interviewed them because I was gonna make a music scene, but I never did it. <laughs> but I'm oh, obsessed awesome. with them as well. <laughs> yeah. 
I think maybe it's just me, but with modern bands as well, um, I can be quite a jealous little man. Um, <laughs> and listening to the Lemon Twigs, who are like these They're very good-looking, very skinny <laughs> guys from America whose dad was into Emmett Rhodes and all that kind of uh, <laughs> stuff, or like Temples, where they all just look like models. Mm. Uh, that alone puts me off them. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Andy. You like your ugly you know? man. Uh, oh, he's not <laughs> ugly, but uh, yeah, yeah, but he's an old man now. <laughs> He's not my age. When it's my age, I think, well, what have I done in my life? Oh, of course. So, yeah. yeah. I thought he looked really good yesterday on the video with Daryl. He looked, you know, he looked genuinely happy and healthy and yeah, really nice yeah, to see. He looked, yeah, yeah, he looked great. It's, it's really good to see him because, yeah, we don't hear so much from him anymore. So, yeah. 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 Oh, uh, who? Oh, Andy Partridge. Andy. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, did he put out a new video? Okay. Did you see the convention online yesterday? Yeah, it was an interview by Daryl Bullock. Yeah. Oh, he popped into it? I did not. Uh, it wasn't a live video. It was pre-recorded with Daryl mm-hmm. Bullock, but he did a little oh, cool. interview and it was really cool just to, because, you know, we haven't seen him in forever. Mm. You know, yeah. we used to, a lot of us used to talk with him regularly on Twitter. Yeah. Um, right. And, you know, understandably, he's off of Twitter now. Totally get it. But yeah, yeah so Daryl right. did an interview and it's really cool just to see what he's up to and see that he got his shed oh, awesome. fixed. <laughs> He picked up his guitar and everything, didn't he? He did. <laughs> yeah, I had to go uh, halfway through the interview, sadly, uh, nice. so I didn't see that part. I'm hoping it'll be up. He's been doing that a lot for interviews lately. It's great. He can just let... If I was that good at guitar, I would just let the guitar talk for me at all times, I think. That sounds like a pretty good <laughs> yeah. plan. I don't have to <laughs> think of the words. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I was lucky enough to see him at um, a pub in Bath after his book signing. Oh, wow. Um, the complicated game one and somebody gave him an acoustic guitar and he was just taking requests yeah, i was there too cool. and it was like the greatest thing in the world i think oh yeah and you'd have a few, yeah. few drinks oh you were both there yeah i am incredibly jealous oh, cool. yeah yeah me too <laughs> it was good i think he, he, he just wasn't so nervous after a few drinks because he'd done this signing which wasn't very publicized in, in bath or uh, the complicated game book and right. um mm. and yeah and somebody just gave him a guitar being like oh i'm not quite sure on the chords for uh what was it? A respectable street. And then before we knew oh, yeah. it, Andy was doing like mm. 40, 50 different songs and telling us stories wow. about Todd oh, Rundgren and Blur oh, and um, yeah, right, right. Um, entertaining us. And it was like, best day of my life a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. Yeah, very jealous. <laughs> and he was dumping on Coldplay Oh as well. yeah, he sure was. <laughs> Always in fashion. Not a fan. <laughs> No. I feel like Coldplay is one of those things that it's like even if you do appreciate stuff, they're just f- from them, which I think most people do. They're just kind of fun to rag on, and that's all right. Yeah, I think people enjoy yeah mm. ragging mm. on them. It's not that they haven't made some good records because they they definitely have. I think towards the beginning they were pretty uh, pretty decent, you know. But, mm, uh, yeah, yeah, but they are now to music what Megan is to Family Guy. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> bit of a whipping post. <laughs> Should we dig back into our initially chosen uh, songs that we set at the head? And we'll go into that because I did want to talk about those. I think um, there are some songs in the catalog that like elevated me from casual fan to diehard fan that just like blew my mind, especially as a musician, just the level of depth and all the layers that are happening. And uh just it tends to be the more maximalist ones that just i get blown away by and i understand why there's a lot of crossover with prog fans in this regard but i chose uh train running low and so cold because it manages to do all this and it still has that really aggressive kind of punk energy 
that their first couple of records that was kind of home to them and as you as you move forward things start to mellow out a little bit and we get into the um you know things the, the songwriting obviously just got better and better and better but it wasn't always the shouty you know running running stuff that sounded like it it was meant to be played live and i think um it's a it's a bummer that songs like that will never get their chance live. Although I don't know how you would do that live, but I would like I would want to see it happen. I would want them to like take like a nine inch nails industrial approach behind it to get those train sounds and stuff. Um, but I just love that song so much, and uh, the the moment and um, where it goes. So there's all the chaos, right? And they got the train sound. Which does anyone know how they make that train sound? What are they What are they doing? I seem to recall they borrowed some kit off Tears for Fears. Uh, <laughs> so really? Yeah. And they borrowed some kit. I don't know if it was a, a mm-hmm. sampler, maybe like a Fairlight or something, but I think they, they you, you know, they use samples. But I remember reading that. That somewhere. would be cool if it is the case. Um, but when, so it's all chaos and, and the vocal line comes in and everything's just going against each other. And it all just lines up at that do, 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 is like it's so it's such a satisfying moment and um and hmm. just that blew me away the first time and every time coming back to big express which is like the one that i tout to everyone is like this is the underrated one listen to big express <laughs> um i i always get excited to play that's that song entirely too loud and uh yeah just go crazy <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of A Big Express as well. I think that's probably, if I had to name a favourite, that's the one I'd name. Just nice. because, uh, yeah, I, 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 to me, the production really it works. works huh? I think the production's brilliant and it's brash. Mm-hmm. And um, without Terry, uh, but still, you know, still loud mm-hmm. and still full of uh, piss and vinegar, we would say in the UK. <laughs> um, that's the last time they ever sounded quite like that. Quite so punk, quite so mm-hmm. post-punk. Um, so yeah, so the song I chose was Seagull Screaming Kisser Kisser, which is from mm. that one as well. And um, it's just really odd. I like how musically it's kind of odd. There's that euphonium, and you don't really hear a euphonium in, in uh, pop or rock music very often. And um, there's Mellotron as well, and I think I'm, I'm a big fan of yeah. the Mellotron. Um, <laughs> Me too. And yeah, XTC used it a lot, so that's good. Um, and yeah, just the, the lyric is brilliant as well. It's like a, it's just totally. Just like how you'd get a uh, a picture from the sea, uh, like a postcard, uh, while you're on holiday. Well, this is a this is like a postcard as well. It's totally mm-hmm. a snapshot of how this man's feeling at this very time, and he uh, whether or not he should, you know, make right. a move or whatever. Don't do it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so um, every, everything is just um, it, it's almost like a like a little diorama, you know, uh, the, the, the waves and the sea is warship gray and all mm-hmm. of that. To me, I imagine like a, a music hall punch and Judy yeah. kind of thing when I hear those lyrics and yeah. that's just really catchy as well. To me, the big express, I don't know about anybody else. I grew up with uh, Thomas the tank engine, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, the music on Thomas the tank engine, uh, was composed by junior Campbell who used to be a marmalade, you know, who did reflections of my life and, uh, another guy called Mike O'Donnell. And they made all the music for Thomas Stank Engine in the 80s wow. and the 90s. And to me, the Big Express sounds like the music from uh, that TV series. And 
from me that's a that's a massive compliment that's cool i mean obviously <laughs> everyone remembers the theme song which is like iconic yeah, which is quite, fantastic quite strange i see the commonalities now that you say mm. that <laughs> mm. i just i love the like the obnoxious like the vocal line that, i feel like a lot of times yeah, they went no. for like the literal choice of like well, I have a train. Let's make some train sounds. I have a seagull. Let's make some seagull sounds. And that pops up like <laughs> everywhere and almost always works for the works for the benefit. Like exactly. helicopter that exactly. choppy guitar yeah. sounds just like a helicopter blade. That was one of the points for it to make was like, yeah, the sound Sorry. of the, the riff. No, no, no. It's just, yeah, yeah. The, it's quite bouncy. Yeah. There's like a bounciness. And even with like... Andre Andy Partridge's voice as well. Like he plays a lot. He he kind of sings in such an animated way, and he's kind of singing every line differently mm. and punchy, which is also giving it like mm. this bouncy feel to the song, as well as the lyrics being really like playful and imaginative, and then the sounds as well. It's like building a yeah, whole yeah. world. Yeah. Or crocodile, which I think is a really underrated song. Yeah. Like it sounds like I think it's I think it's supposed to be crocodile. It sounds at the end of that the worm 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 worm. Oh yeah, yeah. Going to the crocodile. <laughs> and like sense is working overtime as well. Um, just with the lyrics. Um, there's there's such a childlike quality with the kind of um, like the similes and metaphors sort of. That are so like the nursery rhyme stuff. Yeah, yeah, sort of like reductive stuff about like the world being yeah like football shaped and all this like it just it makes me have sort of like animations play off in my head that are really colorful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It makes sense that he's coming from such a a visual point creatively. Yeah. And because it, it works its way into lyrics like those so naturally, and it's pretty inspirational as a as a songwriter myself. Yeah. I think, like, mm-hmm. with the, you know, like, sound of the guitar as well, it's quite spiky with the kind of juxtaposition of the playful lyrics, like, as opposed to other kind of punk bands. Like, that's what I think is really compelling as well. We didn't get into Complicated Game yet, right? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I chose Complicated Game. Uh, it's always been, I mean, pretty much my favorite song of all time. And... Wow. um I think I my favorite thing about it is that to me it just sounds like complete paranoia and anxiety. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a bad drug trip. <laughs> and you know the way it the, the way that it's yeah, good point. the way that it starts off so quiet and like timid almost and then all of a sudden you get that bass and you're just like whoa, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, you know. And in mm-hmm. the drums too. And then you know by the end of the compla 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 he just sounds like he's just completely just like out of his mind, paranoid. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love it. It's just such a good, um, what's the word? It's such a good play on, you know, just crippling anxiety. I feel like I'm I'm not saying that he Mm -hmm. has that. I'm just saying to me, that's what it, that's what it makes me feel almost. And, you know, excuse me. My favorite thing is to, just lay in bed, turn off the lights, and listen to Complicated Game. And I swear, it just, like, takes me to another planet. I just don't even know how to explain it. There's no other song that does it to me. Yeah. And um, I actually wow. blew the speakers in my car. <laughs> wow. And it was worth it, I have to say. It's worth it. You can't listen to that song quietly. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good headphone song because it starts with him. Oh, yeah. 
the vocal choices on that song, you know, he starts with the whisper and just gets bigger and bigger. That's like the first song in the discography that was like really eccentric and out there and like yeah yeah there's nothing before that and i think that kind of set the stage for where they went from there mm-hmm. yeah yeah that yeah he does that like it, it's yeah it's the way he's acting about is really cool like you say yeah. with the, the tone of his voice as well like mm. it brings a lot more like meaning and feeling as well yeah he's using mm-hmm. his voice yes. as an instrument like in every right, yeah, yeah, it's really percussive. Yeah, yeah, it's a very emotional song. Very. Yeah. yeah. And see, when I was um, a kid, I didn't like his voice. I thought he sounded a bit like a seal. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I, so I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't really um, like it that much. But then, I mean, somebody already mentioned Talking Heads, but it's like um, David Byrne. Like tonally, his voice may not be the best. Like he's no Frank Sinatra, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't want to hear anybody else doing those songs because he's singing them the way they're meant to be sung. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a good point. I picked Sergeant Rock because um, it was the first time that I'd heard XTC without knowing already that it was XTC because it was on the radio. And um, obviously my mum is a big fan, but it was never something that she sort of like forced on us as kids. Um, she did that with the Beatles and things that were a bit more um, middle of the road, I guess. But um, yes, yeah, so I was coming home from school one day and um, did you <laughs> did not like that? <laughs> uh, no, carry and- on. I know what you mean. <laughs> um early Beatles all right then and um yeah I was coming home from school one day and she um well, I was in her car and she was in the shop and it came on the radio and I thought oh that sounds a little bit like XTC so I just kind of did what um I always do when I hear something that I like on the radio and just googled the lyrics quickly and then saved the song and I was mm. like oh wow I really like that but I deliberately didn't tell her um <laughs> so that I could sort of go and find it um find more of their songs for myself like, I knew the basics like Senses and Nigel and stuff like that but um, and I was sort of at the age, um, it was probably about 13, 14, where I wanted to listen to like um, my own music, not just my parents' music. And I was listening to like The Clash and Joy Division and stuff like that. So it kind of followed that I would listen to early XTC um, from that. And then I remember the first time I heard Mechanic Dancing, I was just absolutely blown away and just, yeah, it just went from there, really. And then I sort of came out to my mum as an XTC fan. <laughs> and, um, but she was proud. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. that's why I picked that song. I like that story a Good lot. Good choice. Do you all have a, a favorite XTC era? Like, maybe not necessarily album, but, you know, an era that it takes into account everything that was going on in XTC world at the time. Definitely. Um, I'd say probably around 77 to what Skylark came out in 86. I guess that's kind of a big era. It, mm. My timeline, <laughs> my times might be wrong. Was Skylarking 86, Black Sea 82? Black Sea was... Uh, Black Sea's 80. 80 uh, and English Settlement's 80, 82. Say that again. Uh, Black Black Sea is 1980 and English Settlement was uh, 82. But yeah, Skylarking's 86. No, Skylarking. Oh. Um, Skylarking oh. was 82? 86. Oh, oh no, 86. 86. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't about English settlement. Sorry. Okay, so um, yeah, I guess I'd say basically drums and wires to skylarking. Drums and wires, black sea, skylarking. Those are my favorite albums. And that whole era I think really was their um their their not high point, because I mean I every single album is obviously a masterpiece. Um, but that was their I'm trying to think of the word. Um 
I guess just some of their most polished work, some of their, their really high points as a band where they really came together and I think put out yeah. some of their, their best stuff. Kind of having a hard time explaining yeah. it, but. I think I could narrow it down pretty smaller myself just um because even though if i was going to pick just creative output wise i might aim later i'm still very much enraptured by a live band and like a, a touring unit and and that energy that's created so from drums and wires to probably just before 82 because i, I want to think about the band in a happy time i want to think about them performing and enjoying it yeah not the depressing valium times um <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna pick like 79 to 81 which was yeah. probably like date after date after date and that one gig that they did with rem slots in there nicely so yeah i guess that's the period <laughs> that i choose yeah Probably me too. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I was like familiar with the later albums as much, and I think that's only because uh, I'm quite new to them. So, uh, but like, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go back after this and listen to more of them. I've listened to the whole back catalogue, but yeah, I'm most familiar yeah. day day in day out. It's like my Drums uh, and Wires is my favorite album. I mm-hmm. think me too. I think, but only because probably because I'm most familiar with that one as well. But I have, I have like, I just think like they've got so many standout songs on that one. Yeah, that are like, yeah, they're like very of the time. Yeah, it's fine because that one's actually it started high on my tier list and it's kind of slipped down. Yeah, the more I've gone, but lately I've like made a point to listen to like the somewhat neglected children that most XCC fans don't go to first, like go to or wasp wasp star. Mm, And um, I really, I found cuts off of that, that blow me away. Just like anything else in the catalog, like uh, you and the clouds will still be beautiful off wasp star. So that's been really cool. And I definitely advise if you haven't, haven't done that, there are some gems big, every single album, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to yeah. listen to more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't write off a single album in this discography, and you can't say that for most bands. No. Especially XTC, I think. Although I, I know yeah. every album yeah. is good. Right, yeah. Um, Just quickly for me, I mean, musically, all of the eras. Uh, but I think in terms of, like, content, probably the late 80s and early 90s, that's when you had your, uh, you know, the, there was fanzines. And there was plenty of TV mm. appearances then. I don't know if you've seen uh, XTC on German television, uh, miming to uh, Mayor Simpleton. We've got to watch that because that's unmissable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, probably in terms of content then, because uh, they had a little bit of um, uh, momentum behind them around 89, uh, 90, 92. Yeah. Uh, they got that, mm-hmm. what was he called, Tarquin Gotch, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of fun in terms of content. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing some fun stuff. I really like the video that they put out, the Road to Oranges and Lemons video. Yes, yeah. Like all of the uh, <laughs> Andy's toy figurines and stuff, and that was that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it, kills me, that does. <laughs> yeah. I know they really never really love their music videos or stuff, but I think there's enough supplementary stuff like that, that to dig into that kind of makes up for it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So um, does... I guess this is 
this is basically what you're talking about already, but does XTC's approach to visuals, lyrics, music influence any of your guys' approach to that kind of stuff in terms of being artistic, making music, any of that? Just you mentioning his toys and stuff, and he uses a lot of, like, childlike imagery. It just, I don't know, yeah, reductive similes, metaphors. Um, Just thinking about other artists I like, like, there's an animator called Sylvain Chauvet that I really like, and he made a film about Edinburgh and stuff. But he said something about, like, artists or, or people, like, that aren't in touch with their childhood or, like, then they're kind of lost. And I think creatively, like, yeah, this because he's so playful, um, you, you know, like, art is really good when you're enjoying it, and it seems like he is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. But, yeah, just uh, there's just, like, a childlike quality to what he, yeah, the lyrics and the imagery, which I think really resonates with most people because it takes them... You know, it just reminds people to have fun and be silly and escape. Yeah. Which is important in, yeah, in making art. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, at the same time, it still has depth and it's not just light and fluffy and superficial. No. There's a lot of, it's really grounded, but it's still, it still remembers that, like, entertainment is entertainment and you can have fun yeah by the same measure they do mm. social commentary amazingly as well it's all mm-hmm. very well observed and like it's genius it looks easy but it's not as well mm. um but like yeah. but he manages to like capture that or they manage to capture that and make it like sound e- like easy and seductive and amazing i suppose i would never really considered that the studio could be like another member of the band or um, or like an instrument in itself, because obviously where they weren't um, touring, they didn't feel um, that they had to recreate everything live on stage every night. So um, I suppose, yeah, just um, with the later albums and stuff, just using um, the studio to its full potential. And um, they it's, it sounds like they've just gone through from A to Z of all the musical instruments they could think of. And um, mm. um, yeah, I think, um, and the way that, um, their albums are, their artwork and everything. It's just so um, idiosyncratic to them. And um, it was, it always kind of felt to me like they approach their own work in a way that it's, this is ours and and um, we're not going to be dictated to as, as to how to present it. And they always look mm. like they're having a good time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, um, I think a big thing about um, all of them in XTC um, is that they're all really big music nuts themselves and they're mm-hmm. big record collectors and they're still obsessed with the music they loved when they were kids in the 60s. So I think mm-hmm. more than many bands, they're, they're very aware of what people really want from from their favourite band. So they, they put out those things like The Road to Oranges and Lemons because or Fuzzy Warbles or anything like that, which other bands might think is nobody's interested in that or that's indulgent. Uh, but they know that their audience love them and want mm. that from them, you know, uh, because they love the Beatles and they love the Monkees and they love the Beach Boys. So, um, yeah, I think that's a big thing about them, that a lot of bands don't have that kind of self-awareness uh, to put out things like that. Well, um, I do. And musically, um, there's a lot that I've taken from. I, I, I'm i doing music in a couple of ways. I got uh, a solo project I'm doing. It's called uh super powered yaks and but i'm also drumming for um 
I don't know if any of you know the band Car Seat Headdress. They're an American. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> heard the name. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, I'm fr- I'm good friends with Will Toledo, and we're doing a side project. Amazing. That hopefully, awesome. will materialize maybe at the end of the year. But um, he's obviously obsessed with the Beach Boys, so there's a commonality there, and I we've talked a lot about XCC and the bits of XCC that are a lot really akin to Beach Boys, like obvious ones like Pale and Precious off the Dukes, but less obvious ones too. And um, so that's been really cool. And uh, yeah, it's one of those uh, musicians bands that there's a lot to take from. And the choices, so I'm the drummer for that. So I'm taking, I re- I'm obsessed with the drums on um, Black Sea. Uh, specifically yeah. tracks like uh paper and iron mm. and everything that's happening there and um just how it's it almost sounds like some of those lines were like not written in the same room because they go against each other they just slap against each other so hard so you like you got the main <laughs> drum beat on paper and iron that goes but then andy comes in with that paper iron <laughs> which like doesn't quite line up with the accents on the mm. on the snare and then it just and it just goes from there and um so taking stuff like that i i think that in in general we're kind of in like another maximalist production era where it feels like a very current thing to do to just everything but the kitchen sink you know because mm. everything is so you can do a dizzying amount of things on just your computer with just logics presets or whatever you don't even have to um download a bunch of free virtual sound libraries but you can also do that to the point where it's like exhausting just the amount of Mm. creative choices that you can make so i look to something like you know they're they keep going back to the mellotron on stuff like this world over XTC does and they have all of these choices that they're making and a lot of times making you know 30 different creative choices at the same time but each one is like really strong and it has a purpose of being there it's not for the most part nothing feels like this is just busy and a mess to my ears like everything compliments yeah everything feels deliberate and everything feels like it has its yeah. place so I think that, and now that we're, now that we're in the age where you can do, you can just have, you can take a sound from literally anything. I can make like one bop and I can pitch it around. I can make an entire song out of that if I want to. And like, that has to be my, like my big creative choice. I can't like, if that's my strong choice, I can't make another six weak choices that are going to just drag the whole thing down. So just like comp- compositional brain stuff like that. Um, I feel like I'm learning a lot of that from XCC. Lyrically, I, that's like that, that doesn't come easy to me at all. And the way that Andy puts together lyrics, especially from a visual perspective, is like I'm still trying to get my head around that part because yeah. that, that's hard. And so many, I think, like the greatest maturity in XCC songwriting is where they went lyrically. You know, by the time you get to Easter Theater, which is like, functionally andy's um good vibrations in a way that's kind of how i see it um 
just the the words that he's stringing together on that song are like just another ethereal just amazing so yeah 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 That was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just started. Yeah, I knew I had a tangent in me somewhere. It's interesting, like what you say about like production now. Uh, you know, on your computer, you can make one noise and make everything else, and all that like, yeah, um, creative choice. Because like I'm, I do illustration, uh, and like, I, I mean, I'm not very good with like using like the technology online but it's the same it's the same though like you know you can put I usually draw like um traditionally like scan them in but you can make so many choices and like it's so on one hand you can be really creative with it but on the other hand it's like quite overwhelming as well and I find that like I like to yeah that's why like more and more I'm just like working traditionally and experimenting with just like old materials, just because there's mm. sort of limitations, but also I find it interesting as well because you get. But anyway, I don't. I don't really know what I'm saying with that. Just it's yeah. Just that new technology is, it's because it's not tangible, in the same way maybe. Yeah. It's quite um, yeah. It's more easy sometimes, using tangible materials and things to to really mm-hmm. feel and experiment with what you're doing. But right. by the same measure, I love, like, can't deny, like, what it's doing to with new music and new art, so. Yeah, well, I think if you, if you, uh, it's a good way to stay grounded, is go back to traditional mediums of creation. Yeah. And there's the old adage of the limitations, uh, you know, problem solving is, like, one of the first steps to creation or whatever however it goes but yeah it's like through those limitations um that's where the magic happens yeah and um for xcc i guess certainly the limitations started to fade away as they had access to more and more things yeah yeah well i'd say the dukes for stratosphere in a way that's xtc going back to the limitations they they knew when they first got into music isn't it and uh Mm. So, so I guess in a way, in that album, it's totally recorded as you would have in 1967. Mm. Uh, so that's almost sort of, sort of similar to that, I suppose. Yeah, it's like there's Sgt. Pepper. Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the most indicative to where we are as music is is just the pilings and pilings of uh, sounds on on uh, stuff like "My Love Explodes" for the for the Dukes. If you look at newer artists, like the whole PC music scene, where whether it's 100 Gex or Doran Electra or that whole, a lot of it's like, it's like the EDM based version of that, where they're just kind of, uh, it appeals to the youngest generation who has the most toleration for all the, mm. for all the, <laughs> at, at times, quite unpleasant uh, sounds that are going in there. <laughs> yeah hmm. kind of industrial hmm. sound palette that yeah, that's kind of where i was going with the maximalism is in again yeah because pop like pop what's pop radio now like no one's listening to Katy perry anymore it's really <laughs> just people are just finding their own she's a bit busy pockets yeah, yeah. She's finding their own pockets of things to get into and that's that's one of them so it's cool but i think even the definition of pop has changed especially um on the radio 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it it's, seems to be all, um, you know, because Spotify is like the number one source. Mm. And um, although it sounds like none of us found XTC algorithmically, if you will, mm. but I imagine some people are. I did want to talk about actually um, other mediums in which they've popped up. Um, I remember the 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 Bandersnatch episode of um, oh yeah, mm. what's that flipping show? Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yeah, the Black Mirror episode. And uh, that popping up in there. And funny enough, that was before I, I actually picked the other song <laughs> that, that I don't remember now because I didn't uh, didn't know the band when that first came out. But I thought that was really cool. And there's also an Easter egg in the in the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. So right. There's the XTC logo on the main character's shirt. And I thought that was really cool. So stuff like that where like, hmm, like it does feel like you're in on something. And there's yeah. these little tidbits dropped in through other media that are like, mm. yeah. Yeah, somebody wouldn't do that cool for people. like the Beatles or something, would it? Because everybody knows who the Beatles are. But right, I think XTC like fans, yeah, yeah, XTC fans like... are so rabid that they'll, you know, they'll try <laughs> yeah. and put XTC wherever they can and spread the word. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's definitely like, like that. So it is almost like a, you got to know this sort of thing. There's, yeah. you've just reminded me, there's a band called Squid. I don't know if anyone's heard of them, but they're probably okay, one I've of I've definitely like, heard of them. They're one of like, they've only got like a few things out, but their songs are so good. They're one of like my new favorites. And they've got a song mm-hmm. called House Plants which is like a very punky song and then this kind of like climactic bridge bit and they've got like, he's kind of going on like a kind of tirade and rant and uh, yeah, he says like, we're, we're still making plans for Nigel. So like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> but yeah, he's having a big spiel and like, it's really exciting because I it's one of those things where you love, I loved that band anyway. And then they said, like they put that in their song and it's like, wow, yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I recommend you go and listen to them. Sure, sure, cool. I like that we're recommending music besides, you know, XTC <laughs> is like the home base and then we can just yeah. go from there. Yeah, song, The Cleaner is like yeah. really good. It's like it's like two songs in one. Like it starts off one song and like somehow changes into another, but then cuts back to the one at the beginning. Yeah. Just, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love so, doing that. Mm. I, I wrote a song and I showed it to my friend and he was like, well, yeah, but like this second section, it doesn't really have anything to do with the first section, yeah. does it? And I'm like, no, that's why <laughs> I like it. It's just a, it's just a complete yeah. left turn. It's really that's cool. Fun to do. That's fun to do. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's about time to wind this up. Does anyone else have anything else they want to add in? Uh, I love all the members of XTC. <laughs> we didn't talk about Colin much, but we love you, Colin. Yeah, pick up. Uh, yeah, I love XCC for life. Yeah. Always, always, uh, whatever comes down the pipeline, I uh, will be here for it. This was yeah. fun. Thank Thanks you, Mark. for the music. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having us on, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Mark. <laughs> oh, can I just say before we go? Um, uh, yeah. So another band who really inspired a lot of de- 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 dedication and a lot of like a crazy amount of love is a band called Cardiacs. And, yeah. their, and their their leader, Tim Smith, he died uh, a couple of months ago. So if yeah. anybody's listening to this, they've never heard Cardiacs. There's definitely a lot of comparisons with XTC, and they were big XTC yeah. fans themselves. So 
check them out and remember oh, that to... could have been another 20 minutes of conversation i'm, I'm yeah. slowly getting into cardiacs and I, oh, okay. <laughs> i'm frustrated how even this even the cardiac cds are all like 40 dollars a minimum it's i like think so, so yeah in the u.s yeah yeah they're so like they're just not around but yeah there's some i'll have to check yeah, them out for sure definitely well thank you laura hugh margaret and miles it's been great talking to you we should do it again and thank you for listening so what do you call that noise? XTC podcast. What do you call that noise?